Blog Talk Radio. Another day, another chance. Everybody and welcome to Riding the Wave. I'm Mark Healy, the editor-in-chief of The Wave, the Rockaways newspaper since 1893. As part of our election 2020 series, we're talking with candidates running for office and joining me today is a assembly uh, candidate, New York State Assembly candidate, Khalil Anderson. Good morning, Khalil. How are you? Good morning, Mark. I'm doing well. Good to hear from you. Good to see you. You know, it, it's funny. Uh, we used to we used to kid. I know you and I have, have spoken about this, but you know, here in the office, we used to kid that Michelle Titus was kind of like the invisible candidate, you know, and that anyone. We, and this was years ago, and we said anyone that took over that seat uh, eventually would be uh, would be an improvement. Uh, and to get someone like you, who's been organizing and and really kind of. Uh, being an advocate for your community for, you know, for several years, even at this young age of 24, you seem to have done more in those years not holding office than the person that you're trying to replace. Well, you know, I think the biggest thing, Mark, and I thank you for that question. I think the biggest thing about serving uh, in public office and just serving in general our communities uh, is to make sure that we're active, we're present, we're visible and, and we're providing a voice to the people and constituencies that are crying out for help, the people and the constituencies that want a voice. And, you know, as a candidate, uh, I'm certainly promising and committing to being as visible and, and as accessible and as transparent as I can. And, you know, I know, um, you know, in terms of precedent, that hasn't been a thing in general, uh, but I'm excited to really renew that spirit and interest in government uh, and get more folks involved in that respect. So I think I thank you for that question because it's important. And I know the Rockway residents deserve it. You know, and, and just to get this out of the way, um, because I thought it was funny, uh, you know, I guess the Queen's GOP thought that being invisible was a requirement to run for this seat. Because have you seen your opponent? Do you even know what he looks like? I, I haven't seen my opponent. I don't know what he looks like. Okay, well, that's... Because I, I got to be honest, I couldn't find a picture to put in the article for this week's paper. So, I mean, it's just it's just odd to me why you would even have someone on the ballot when, you know, whatever. I mean, look, maybe he's just so intimidated, Khalil, that, you know, he feels like he doesn't have a shot. But, um, you know, at least engage. And I, anyway, so I, that's just an aside. I, I wanted to clarify that. Because I honestly didn't know the answer if you've ever seen the candidate that you were running against. Um, 
in any, in any event, I know there's been a lot of rhetoric out there about the working family party line. I know that you're on that line as well as the Democratic nominee. Uh, do you want people to vote on, on both lines? How, how do you want people to vote for you? Well, so look, in New York State, we have fusion voting. And uh, for every vote on, on a, a line where a candidate is endorsed counts for the overall vote. So if there's a candidate like myself that's on the Democratic line and is also on the Working Families Party line, uh, all those votes tally will go into the total tally uh, for, for that candidate. Uh, and so, you know, I, I was early uh, endorsed by the Working Families Party uh, in late March and uh, as part of the primary. And I'm certainly advocating and pushing for folks to continue to vote on that line because in this moment, we want to make sure we preserve third parties in the state of New York, right? It is, um, right. The laws changed, right, during voting reform, and, and that happened uh, last session or, or the session before. And um, we want to make sure that that's still in existence and the Working Families Party is committed to working class families who, who live and breathe here in the Rockaways and have worked really hard. Uh, to secure the basic necessities here in the Rock when they deserve to have representation in government. So I, I am absolutely encouraging folks to, to vote, to vote, get out early, vote, vote by mail, uh, you know, to, to vote on election day, uh, but just have a plan to vote and, and to definitely consider voting uh, on the working families party line because they're committed uh, to, to working class families across the Rockaway community. You know, obviously uh, I know you've been very involved with, um, you know, uh, organizing and certainly uh, representing your community and trying to solve problems uh, for folks that can't solve the problems themselves. Uh, you and I, 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 I know that when I send you something, if somebody reaches out to me that I know is from your community, I will always send it to you and, and let you know about it because I know that uh, you're responsive. And so you're already ahead of the game in that sense. You're not even in office yet and you're being responsive. So what, I've always appreciated that about you. Um, here's what, here's what, you know, I've been asked and say, well, you know, Khalil's a young guy. Does he really, is, is he, an, is he an activist or is he someone that is willing to, uh, be a leader for everyone as opposed to, you know, just the people that vote for you? Uh, cause there's going to be people that like the idea uh, that you're young. They like the idea that you're uh, like starting fresh but they may not agree with all of your public stances on law enforcement, for, for, for instance. Uh, and I know that we contacted you recently when there was a, a, a shooting in the neighborhood and you, know, you said it was unacceptable. So how does Khalil Anderson plan to find common ground with law enforcement that's trying to solve some issues and, and you know, your, some of your constituents and yourself who have complained about law enforcement in the past. How are you going to bridge that gap? So I think that uh, just, just to answer the first question uh, about uh, age and activism, I think that there's got to be a balance uh, with governing and there has to be a balance uh, of when to advocate and, and, and to, to activate, right? Our communities definitely uh, have uh, definitely voted for me in the primary and support me uh, supported me in the primary and will support me in the general uh, because they see that I'm a strong voice and I will fight for their values down here in the district and also up in Albany. And I think that just that having that balance uh, of being able to govern and also activate uh, is important, right? There's going to be some spaces where I'm going to need to pick up the microphone and say, hey, the Rockway residents are, are demanding 
uh, protection from uh, another storm along Jamaica Bay, right? Because we still have the issues with the bulkheads in Auburn where people who, who live back there, who live in Auburn and Somerville, are still not protected from the next storm. They're going to need someone who's going to need to pick up the megaphone. They're also going to need someone who can effectively govern and govern for everyone, right? We ran uh, our campaign slogan was a new fight together. And the reason why is a new fight together is because we recognize that we are a geographically and politically isolated district. Uh, our district from end to end takes about an hour and a half, two hours to travel. Uh, and so we understand that there are so many complexities with this district and there's so many uh, different political persuasions and ideas and the ideologies that exist in the community. Uh, but I was elected uh, in the primary and will hopefully be elected again uh, in the general because people saw that there needs to be a collective unity and a fight bringing the district together, whether you live in South Richmond Hill or whether you live in Rockway Beach. You know, we need to really, really unite this district and community on the issues. And I think part of what I said on the campaign trail in terms of uh, in, you know, uh, gun violence and in terms of law enforcement is clear. We want to be able to continue to have a balance between uh, having law enforcement, uh, but also a balance of, of having law enforcement that respects and protects um, the people that they were hired to serve. Uh, and, you know, how we create that balance is, one, I believe that uh, in law enforcement, we certainly need to hold uh, them accountable. Uh, but second from that, we also need to make sure that they're taken care of as it relates to salary and, and things of that nature. And there's a balance between the two, and I think that that's important. Uh, but separate from that, um, when we're talking about gun violence and addressing issues from a systemic standpoint, we need to invest more money into cure violence. These are the programs that are helping connect uh, at-risk populations, uh, young people who are, who are susceptible, susceptible to joining gangs and getting involved in violence. We need to make sure that we're investing in, in those young people so that they don't feel as though they need to turn down that mood and, uh, and they have the services that they need. And secondly, we need to make sure that they have conflict resolution techniques in school, right? That's what restorative justice is about, right? I, I want, you know, folks to understand that uh, when I when I put out my positions about law enforcement, when I put out my, my positions about gun violence, I'm talking about addressing these things at the root. And sometimes police don't address things at the root. They're addressing at the symptoms. And how you address gun violence, how you address violence overall at the root is you figure out where it starts, right? It starts in uh, you know, conflicts that are not resolved in schools. It starts at home with broken households. And it starts uh, when young people feel as though that they don't have the love and support and, and things that they need to, to learn and grow. Uh, and so they join gangs and they get involved in activity they don't need to, but they weren't given the proper skill set in school and in the other institutions that they're in to better, more effectively resolve conflict. And so when I say gun violence is unacceptable, 100%. And I think that we need to be investing more in programs that help divert crime and help address conflict resolution. As I say all the time, and I think I, I don't know if I said it in, in the story that you did, but conflict is a normal part of human existence. It's going to be around as it's been around for centuries, for decades, for eons, etc. How we resolve that conflict effectively is how we're able to address crime at the root, how we're able to address gun violence, uh, domestic violence at the root. And, and I think that that's an important way to, to look at how we address, you know, my statements on law enforcement, and as well as my uh, statements on preventing and addressing gun violence. You know, we talk about, uh, you know, especially during this election, there's been a an incredible amount of divisiveness, right? Uh, 
That's why I always talk about common ground. That's why I talk about building bridges, not burning them. That's what I talk about, you know, trying to find, uh, you know, exposing myself, exposing my readers, our readers here at The Wave to different viewpoints, to different experiences, right? I mean, it's important. It's important to, you know, it's important to hear and to listen, you know, rather than to speak sometimes. And I think that uh, as a young person uh, who has a tremendous amount of energy and who I've seen, you know, before the pandemic, you know, certainly at everything, you know, you were a part of a community board. Uh, you, you were very active there. Uh, you were active with the Rockaway Youth Task Force, very active there. Uh, that's when I first met you, actually, was when you were with the Rockaway Youth Task Force. So I've seen you, you know, I, I'm, it's going to sound very paternalistic, and I don't mean it to sound that way, but I am proud of, of your growth and your progress. And, and now you're running for office at the state level, and it's really impressive. Um, but one of the things you're going to be asked to do uh, when, I, when I speak about those themes of common ground and building bridges is to be a legislator, you know, to help, you know, to help write laws, to help to vote on laws that are going to benefit uh, the community and the constituents that you represent. Um, what's your relationship with like, um, you know, Assemblywoman Stacey Feferamato, for instance? Is, is she someone that you're going to be able to because, you know, not too long ago, she was a, a, a you know, a first year legislator uh, without any other experience uh, in government uh, other than like yourself as an activist. So is she someone that you've started to find some common ground with? I think both of you have a very good shot to be elected. So uh, has that relationship started? Is it there? Um, is it something that you look forward to cultivating? Well, let me let me answer the, the, the question a different way um, in terms of talking about legislation. Then I also talk about my, my friend Stacy. Uh, so, it, you know, as my time in, in my time as an activist, uh, and you know, while in college, I was able to experience uh, that energy of knowing when and what to legislate and uh, what priorities are certain priorities within government. I had a short stint uh, where I served as a constituent liaison for State Senator Sanders. So I have a strong relationship there, and I've been able to work uh, with him in tangent uh, around the issues that have been impacting our neighborhood, everything from uh, environmental justice uh, around the issue of the bulkheads uh, along Jamaica Bay, uh, addressing the issues of employment uh, that affects constituents all across the Rockaway Peninsula, uh, and, and of course, transportation, right, right making sure um, that the issues of uh, Atlantic Ticket and Freedom Ticket, which I, I think you've written about uh, in the wave, uh, were addressed uh, at the Long Island Railroad before Rockwood Bridge. So I have experience uh, around the specific issues and, and when and where to kind of sort of legislate around that. And that's why I'm really excited to, to work uh, with my assembly colleague, uh, God willing, she wins uh, in November, uh, Stacey Pfeffer Motto. Uh, I've been, I worked alongside her, uh, you know, in my time as uh, a constituent liaison for State Senator Sanders. Uh, I've worked uh, with her in the political space on the campaign in 2018. And, uh, I'm certainly certainly have met with her after the election. She's one of the first people I met with because she's my neighbor. And I actually live a block away from where she grew up <laughs> uh, and where her mother lives right here on Mott Avenue. Uh, and so I definitely think that that relationship is important. And, and it's certainly good to have two people representing the Rockways. Uh, so some of the things that we discussed without going into too much detail is really looking at how we could address the, the flooding 
and environmental justice issues that we have here in the Rockaways. Um, working with her on addressing um, violence that happens in the community, uh, whether whether it be it domestic or be it uh, gun violence. We certainly discussed some of those things. And there's so many spaces for me uh, and Assemblywoman Stacey Pfeffer model to partner. Uh, we both are angry with the A train. I think that's a general Rockaway thing. Uh, we're both angry with uh, just the idea uh, that the ferry doesn't service enough of, of our collective constituencies, right? So there's a lot of constituencies that we both represent. Uh, bit of no overlappage, but it's just like across the street here, across the street there. So you know most of mine. But you know, certainly there's so many exciting ways to to partner with the assemblywoman. And um, I know she was on uh, this program a couple of days ago, just speaking about some of the issues that face Rockway residents and. You know, I'm ready, willing, and able to, to unite uh, uh, with the Assemblywoman and, and create a, a one Rockaway platform and strategy that can really work to address some of the systemic underlying issues um, that impact the Rockaways. And I'm looking forward to that. Well, you know, I'm always rooting for a Queens College alum like myself, you know, to uh, certainly uh, do uh, some great things. And, and I, when I think about your candidacy and I think about you know, what's in store for, you know, really, you know, let's be honest, uh, that district has not had proper representation in quite some time. And I think that um, whether you agree with, with Khalil folks, whether you don't agree with Khalil, I know that you're going to work hard. And I know that you're going to take it seriously. And I know that uh, and again, whether or not, you know, uh, everyone is going to uh, light a candle every time they hear your name, you know, it's gonna, that's going to be the thing I think that uh, will be your initial probably thing that you have to deal with is, is all of a sudden now as the assembly member, uh, you're going to get blamed for a lot of stuff that you had nothing to do with. So there's going to be a lot of catch up work. Are you prepared for that? I mean, have you contacted or spoken with anyone from... Uh, Titus's office uh, as to like what is going to be waiting for you like when you take over the seat if you know if you win? Well, I'm in touch regularly uh, with uh, folks who have been in government you know, with uh, Senator Sanders, uh, Congressman Meek's office and uh, certainly with the speaker and some of the folks in leadership in the assembly uh, just to give me a, a, an outline of what's you know what's to expect what to kind of uh, you know what's in store um, you know, the, I have been in touch with the one staffer um, that was left behind by Assemblyman Titus, uh, who's working under the South Ozone Park office. So we've been in regular touch, just figuring out where the, where the bathrooms are, how to answer the voicemails, emails, right. and things like that. But we're going to come in uh, with a really strong, uh, you know, team of experienced organizers and community folks um, that really, really uh, have been in government and, and understand government. So the transition. I don't expect it to be rocky. I do expect it to be smooth. And uh, early in September, uh, we began to, uh, you know, pitch uh, the community to see if there was folks, or if there were folks who were interested uh, in serving on a transition council to really help uh, support the idea of having a smooth transition office, and also solicit ideas from our neighbors, uh, people, as you said before, have been forgotten about and left behind. Uh, you know, due to an underservice here in this district, and we're excited. We're looking forward. We're going to hit the ground running. We have a lot of ideas, and um, we definitely want to make sure that uh, in government that we're accessible, we're transparent. And anytime you, you, you give me a ring, Mark, and I'm not up in Albany uh, banging my head against the wall because the legislation is so tough and negotiating. <laughs> well, I, 
I can't wait for, for your district to finally have a, a regular official point of view column in the wave because we, we've been missing, uh, we haven't had one from that district in a long time. So I'm looking forward to, you know, your office uh, and you uh, being part of our paper on a regular basis. I look forward to having you on the podcast and certainly uh, really look forward to hashing things out with you uh, when we disagree. I, I really am looking forward to uh, and I keep saying that, but I really am. I mean, your energy is contagious and, um, you know, I'm thrilled. I mean, I'm thrilled that at this young age, you're, you're starting your, you know, and in some ways, let's be honest. I mean, you've been on this path for quite some time. So look, uh, well, good luck. Good luck on election day, Khalil. It was great talking with you. And, um, you know, we're really looking forward to uh, your ascension to, uh, the assembly seat. Thank you so much, Mark. Looking forward to working with you. Take care. Thank you.